Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a very busy Thursday around the valley. It's Wolf and Luke, and it's time for Wolf and Diner Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals introduced their new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, at a press conference today. Here's what he had to say. Which, that's, you know, I know Monty and, and Michael have heard me say this multiple times. Everything, everybody that we bring in here or that is here or that will be a Cardinal will have elite football character because you will not hit your ceiling if you don't have that. And what I mean by that is, is you have to be team first. And that's how we're going to build this team. What was your reaction to what you heard from the Cardinals' new head coach? You know, I liked it. I really did. Um, I love the fact that he mentioned being adaptable. That, to me, translates into uh, we're going to be whatever we need to be to beat you. I love the fact he's not dogmatic in terms of his scheme, whether it's offense, defense, or even in transition with special teams. He's not dogmatic about it. He's going to be whatever he needs to be to beat a team. That is the philosophy that I love, and I hope he sticks to it. Yeah, I mean, I think we all took a lot of notes on, on a lot of what he was saying, and, and there were a lot of parts to his uh, his press conference that I liked. i got to be honest, though, Wolf, one of the things that really stood out to me was the fact that in his interview with Monty Austinfort, he just flat out disagreed with him. Yeah. And obviously in a constructive way, because Monty still hired him anyway, um, and that can be a good thing. Sometimes you can disagree and talk it out. It doesn't yes. have to be so like, well, we're all going to just do that. i tell you the other thing, too, that stood out to me is, is I'm just thinking when we asked him about that adaptability when we had him on, and, and he told us, look, I've been in meetings where I'm sitting and they're thinking what we do and what we're about to do isn't going to work and then you go out there and you lose because what you were doing didn't work and how empty of a feeling that is I think a lot of football fans can relate to that when you're watching and you're like man we knew this wasn't going to work against this team and now we're losing to the Chiefs by 30 in week one yeah I also too I love the fact he actually brought out four points of emphasis that he highlighted and he said adaptable of course I already talked about that violent explosive and smart that is um, something that I love when you're talking about a football paradigm. And that's what we are talking about here in a sports world. To be violent on the football field, there's nothing wrong with that. That is a term that you would use when you will not accept anybody being on your football team that doesn't go out and play in a very physical kind of way. That's what I loved. Gannon also spoke on how everything on offense will run through the quarterback. Yeah, that's step one. We're, we're starting to look at some different candidates and uh, looking at interviewing some people here in the next 48 hours. And uh, But I have a very specific vision of how I want to play on offense. And the person that comes in here to run the offense is going to understand that everything that we do will be structured around the quarterback position to maximize his skill set. And we have an elite one. We also have some elite players at different positions already on the roster that I'm very excited to work with. And uh, that's what we're going to do. 
what you heard from Gannon, how confident are you he can get the most out of Kyler? Yeah, I'm very confident. You are he very can confident? Command very a room, room, I can tell you that. I am very confident right now, and the reason being is because he had Jalen Hurts up close and personal every day to look at the offense that Jalen Hurts was in. Their skill set is very, very similar right there. And not only that, rejoice. If you like to run the ball, do the Philadelphia Eagles run the ball? Do they run the ball except in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I was going to say, except when it mattered now. most, yes. Okay, but you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This, this is a great rushing team. They ran the ball. Okay, so do you think Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals are going to try to build that offensive line? I say yes. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I, I got to see it, but I do like his I like his perspective having worked with Jalen Hurts, having worked against Jalen Hurts in practice every day, having gone against Kyler Murray earlier this season. Um, this is not somebody stepping in like, well, let's see, I got to meet Kyler and I got to watch some film on him. He's as familiar with Kyler Murray as you can be if you weren't already here. And I think that, that potentially is the sweet spot for the Cardinals because they clearly wanted to go outside the organization, which they did with the GM and the coach, which is what everybody wanted. But he does have an interesting perspective on Kyler Murray as well. The Phoenix Suns are gearing up to introduce Kevin Durant at a press conference at 2 p.m. We will carry that presser live on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. So what is the one thing you want to hear from KD today? I tell you, I, I don't know if he'll answer it or if he'll even be asked it, but I, I would like to know what it was about Phoenix that drew him here. I'm assuming it's Devin Booker. Maybe it's the combination of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But what if they asked him that today? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I know Chris, and, and I've always admired Devin's game. And I'm intrigued by DeAndre Ayton. What if he said anything about DeAndre Ayton in that answer? Yeah. Wouldn't that kind of just set you at ease? Like, all right, KD signed off. Yeah, I, I just want to hear him say that he's here to win a championship. Not say it in a very overt kind of way, but a very... I'm here to win a ring. That's exactly right. I, I wanted to be here because I believe this is the place where I could go win a championship. That's what I'd love to hear from him. While we're on that, everybody's on the same page, right? If they win one title, this trade was worth it. If they win more, obviously that's great. But if they win one championship oh, yeah. in Kevin Durant's Just time, it, it was right worth now, it. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Of course. The Suns will be on the court tonight against the Clippers in their last game before the All-Star break. So what do you guys want to see? Yeah, that's great. What do I want to see? I want to see a team that is energized the way that it was the last time we saw the Phoenix Come on, Suns you want to see more of I D.A. playing the way he was. Okay, yeah, that's that's the tip of the spear, yes. Okay. You're right about that, but it wasn't just D.A., was it? It wasn't. It was, it was the gray sweatshirt else. and the beanie, yeah, too. No, I mean, it was. It was everybody else around Kevin Durant that was out there playing. Even a guy like Chris Paul. A little hop in his step. He was out there cantering around the floor. I yeah, Listen, he's got an impact and will have an impact on his teammates. I just want to see them feed into that and continue to cultivate that. 
that childlike joy, if you will, of playing the game of basketball. Yeah, that's all good, and I could I could add. I'd love to see Josh Okoge continue to play the way he has, but I'm just going to go old school with this wolf. I just want to see Booker drop 40. It's just it lost in the shuffle of all of the the last few weeks. The fact that Devin Booker is back, and you know he came back for a game, had to sit a game, but back again uh, against Sacramento, 32 points. He is obviously the at the center of all of this, and it's just good to see Booker healthy and playing well. Uh, all right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. We are just under two hours away from hearing from Kevin Durant for the first time as a member of the Phoenix Suns. And um, when we come back, we are going to hear from James Jones on uh, what it was like or what it is like now to finally have Kevin Durant in the building. This trade has kind of – it's it's – it's un- unrolled in phases, right? You get Kevin Durant, you get to see Kevin Durant, you get to see him in the building. Now we're going to hear from him. He hopefully is going to play next Friday. We'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Such fans, let's welcome to the Valley one of the newest members of the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. Can't touch this. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. We got Katie. Hey, awesome. It's Kevin Durant. Every time I hear DA say it, <laughs> like, yeah, you just put it into uh, the words awesome. right there. Ain't that something? Yeah. DA, it is actually something. Yes. Uh, James Jones was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and as he is every week, uh, talked about the uh, the impact having Kevin Durant in the building at the games, at practice, is now potentially having on his teammates. Do guys want to prove themselves to their new teammate who is going straight to the Hall of Fame when he retires? No, I think it's more I mean, if you were in the, the huddles and you were around you'd see, you know, guys like that when they give you the stamp of approval. You know, they tell our guys, like, hey man, great play, man, go harder. You know, they kind of direct um, our actions and, and so it's, it's good. You feel that gravity um, around those great players, they kind of draw you, you know, towards greatness. And, and it's been good to just see the guys who have been fighting for minutes, who've been really instrumental in keeping us afloat. It's good to see them get the recognition that they deserve. Okay, so where do you start? That sounds a lot like what you were talking about the other night when D.A. was was playing and Kevin Durant was like, you know, coming up and telling him, all right, you're doing a good job, big guy. No, affirmation. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that respond well to affirmation. And I think D.A. is probably one of those guys. Um, Just listening to James Jones talk about that right now, I, I, I doubt that James Jones needed to play with a great player to get the most out of his talent. Uh, I don't think that's who he is, but I think he is acknowledging the fact there are some players that are on this roster that do respond to that. The other part of this that we talked about in the summer and then haven't really talked about it yet since this all bubbled back up is James Jones approaches this concept from a very unique perspective, having been a for lack of a better term, I guess, role player on a super team. Before, yes. You know what I mean? So and he was on Bally Sports before the game the other night, and they were asking about Terrence Ross, and he's like, yeah, Ter-, they were like, Terrence Ross is a lot like you. I think Tom Leander said that. And he's like, yeah, except, you know, Terrence Ross is like 10 times more athletic than I was. But, you know, just joking around, James Jones had success in this league in this exact scenario that the Suns yes. are now in. Now, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I think it's a little bit different. This isn't LeBron and Chris Bosh joining Dwayne Wade as free agents, you know, and then and, and forming the uh, you know the the, the 
decision and all that stuff and going to South Beach. But um, it is still a team now where depth is completely different because you're not – it's not like here's layer one, here's layer two. here's No, you've got four guys, three guys that are going to the Hall of Fame at some point in their career almost certainly. DA is kind of the wild card, but he has that potential on any given night. And then you're just – kind of trying to fill in the gaps around those guys because chances are you're going to go as far as Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul take you, and that's probably a pretty good place. Yo, yeah, do you got any other cuts over there you want to play? Uh, it's James Jones on uh, Kevin Durant's debut, when that's going to be. That's TBD. Um, if, once we know, we'll let you know. Um, I, I think the All-Star break will be huge for him. Um, this has been an opportunity for him to really get back in the gym uh, consistently and ramp up. Uh, so we'll see when we come out of All-Star uh, if he's ready for Friday. Um, if not, you know, I know it'll be sometimes shortly thereafter. I wonder what the schedule is for Kevin Durant. I really do. I wonder if anyone asks him that, what he's going to do over the All-Star break, right? Is he going to stay here in town? Is he going to go somewhere? What's he going to do over the All-Star break? I wonder what um, kind of answer we'd get on that one. But I'm sure probably somebody TBD. will ask him. We'll probably TBD. get the, the TBD. Uh, I think it was Nick Friedel that they had on the morning show. And and he was just talking about how, how crazy it all is if you want to play out the what-if game, right? He was making the case that if Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt, I think it was it was Jimmy Butler that fell into him in that Heat game. Um, if he doesn't get hurt there, the Nets were playing so well that he probably never gets dealt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it sucks right now that you're sitting here and all you hear about KD, KD equals TBD right now. Like We don't know when he's going to play again. But the last time he played was January 8th. Brooklyn was was in a really good spot because he was playing like the MVP of the league at I that know. point. I just have a really hard time believing that. I, I have a, a tougher time believing it because Kyrie's involved and any time he could just be like, this is going too well, I have to ruin it. But... See, and that, that to me, but that's what Nick Friedel was I saying. Think, yeah, you know? no, I'm, and I think I'm with you on that because yeah. Kyrie's such a right. Wild I, card. I think that. <laughs> I think that right there just was probably the last straw. Honestly, you're KD. You had this plan. Hey, Kyrie, what do you say we go? We're, we're going to go to Brooklyn. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go there and we're going to try to win a championship. We're going to get James Harden as well, and we're going to try to win a championship. And and all of a sudden. Um, everything falls apart, and even though you're having a bounce-back year this year, you finally get to a point where people are saying, hey, you know what, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, don't, keep them in mind right now. What were they, 12 games over 500, as a matter of fact? Well, and then, so when, when he got hurt, when Durant got hurt against Miami on January 8th, they were 27-13. and 13. But they were eighteen and two in their previous twenty games. Yes. So I mean, if they do keep playing like that, you can at least understand the line of thinking of they probably would have been like, no, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Like and then this. Kyrie says what he yeah. says. I want to be traded, and KD's like, oh my goodness, what are you going to do if you're Sean Marks in that situation? Well, you're going to say that's it. We've got to rebuild everything now. That's the problem with that theory is that hinges on Kyrie. Just it assumes he's not going to want to be traded just because they're playing well, and that's not always the case. But eighteen and two, and over a stretch twenty games, KD gets hurt, and then since then they are nine and twelve, and and really it was it was even worse than that for a while when Kyrie asked out. So look, this all hinged on Kyrie asking out. I mean, Kevin Durant said he wanted to be here in the summer, but he didn't push it. He didn't push the issue. He he made his feelings uh, known, and who knows? It doesn't really matter. I'll just keep coming back to this. They have KD. <laughs> Sun's got KD. That's ultimately uh, what matters here. James Jones talking about 
who the fifth starter might be on this team once Kevin Durant's in the lineup. Man, you guys are asking the wrong guy. I'm not the coach, you know. I think coach will determine who plays. You know, my job is to make sure that we have guys that are capable of giving us what we need. Um, I think, you know, you can you can go a bunch of different ways, but you know, that's the beauty of the roster we've constructed right now. Um, we have to determine that. Uh, we have time um, coming off the All-Star break to really think it through once we get all of our guys whole. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge for us to figure out how to make it work. But I do know we will get it right. The guys here are all committed to doing whatever it takes for us to put ourselves in a position to win a title. Who do you think is going to be the fifth starter? You know, Josh Okoge's played pretty well and doesn't need He's not a guy that's like I gotta I gotta be taking shots otherwise I'm ineffective right you know he can just go out there and do Josh and Kogi things I honestly think though that they're gonna rotate through this for a while with that fifth starter because I almost see this as a four not a four man team but a team that is constructed in the way of here's here's our four guys sure. and then here's like five other guys that we play based on who we're playing against that night or who's got the hot hand because they have 23 games left counting tonight. Let's assume that Durant comes back on the first game back from the All-Star break, which would be next Friday at home against Oklahoma City. No guarantees, but let's just assume that. it's That's important, not just for all of us to get to watch Kevin Durant and, and not just for Kevin Durant to get back out on the floor. Monty Williams is going to have 22 games at that point to figure out his rotation for the playoffs, and that might be the biggest development now going forward yeah. the rest of the regular season. You know, for me, Josh Akogi, I, I would love to see him actually in the starting lineup, and the reason being is because he brings something that that nobody else brings to the floor. He, he is he is pure motor. He is energy. Offensively, defensively, he's an excellent on-ball defender. I'd love to actually see him get that crack. You're not going to have a problem scoring the ball. He's an effort guy. He's a guy that um, maybe is not as talented as somebody else. Certainly not Kevin Durant. Certainly not DeAndre Ayton. Certainly not Devin Booker. Um, I, I love the fact he's a high-energy effort guy that is something that i think they need and it's a great reminder to all these incredibly talented human beings that are out on the floor with him of what it's like to go out and compete and what the game is all about it's a constant in your face reminder to the other four guys around him which i love it you have this luxury now because you have durant and booker and chris paul and deandre ayton where that fifth starter you can just ask that guy to do one or two things, just do them really well, right? Again, you don't whoever the fifth starter is, you don't need that guy to come in and score 20 points. Now, if he wants to come in and do it, that'd be nice. If you go with TJ Warren one night and he comes in and drops 18, you're not going to complain. But the difference between what we are used to seeing with this team where, okay, everybody's got to pull their weight, and if this guy slips up a little bit, you have to do this. Now, with the way you're constructed, you, Monty Williams can say, you know what, we need defense tonight. It'll just be a Kogi. Just go out there and play great defense. I don't care if you score a point tonight. Because Durant will put in 35 and Booker will put in 37. He's, he's an excellent offensive rebounder. He's a guy that can create steals as well. I don't know where turnovers. This is a guy I, I'd love to see that. What a story it would be, too, considering where he you know was at the start of the season. Yeah. It's like an afterthought. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What is the Cardinals' new head coach's plan for his new quarterback? Jonathan Gannon spoke about that today. We'll relay the information to you and react. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, it's perfect timing. ESPN just flashed up the uh, highest average 
salary per year of current quarterback contract right on the screen right as we're talking. Kyler Murray, number three. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Has he started his darkness retreat yet or what? I think he has, right? Well, he, he was supposed, was supposed to, to, but yeah. then he got like angry on Tuesday that people were reporting he was doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he does need a darkness retreat. You know what, honestly? Go back to be Aaron Rodgers. Who was the dude actually yesterday that was talking about the fact that he's just too sensitive? He, he's way too sensitive to actually be in the Big Apple. Oh, yeah. Can who was that? That, that? Was in, that was in your email. Some uh, It was uh, Tiki Barber. It was Tiki Barber. That's right. It yeah. was Tiki Barber. Yes. I was going to say Rondé. <laughs> well, you would have been wrong. Yeah, that's it. No, it's Tiki <laughs> Barber actually said that. He's just way too sensitive to actually be in the Big Apple. Oh, boy. Well, that's going to go, that over. go over. Well, you better hope Aaron's in that darkness retreat and he didn't hear that. Otherwise, you're going to be hearing about it on the Pat McAfee that's show. That's the only question you need to ask yourself. This morning, Basonians is could you actually do four days in the darkness? There's nothing but. I thought you were going to say, could you live in the Big Apple? Could you actually do? No, that is basically four days of darkness. Um, But could you do that? Isolation. I mean, just being isolated. Could I have my phone? I'd have a hard time. No, Uh, can't have. Of course not. I just want to make sure. Just doing your thoughts. That's the four days. I would run out of thoughts. I well, you start recycling thoughts at some point in time. You're asleep. Are you? Is it night? I mean, you have no idea what the time is. You have no way to actually track time. Think about how bizarre that would be. That really is probably the only way to convince a Hall of Fame quarterback to go play for the Jets. It's just completely disorient him for four days in the darkness and have him stumble out and be like, I'll play for the Jets. Like, uh, how much money would it take you, Basin audience, to actually do it? Ask yourself that. Wherever you may be right now, how much money would it take for you to actually be in a box? Just put it that way. Four days of darkness. How much money would it take? I, it's, it would take a, a good amount of money, especially if it's like a small area. You're making it sound like it's a small <laughs> well, area. No, I would if it was a room and it was, but it was black. You, you, you know, you catch up on some sleep. That could probably knock out like half the first day. I, I don't think so. I honestly, you don't get to know. Like, I would, I would want somebody to just knock on the door and be like, "All right, you're two days in." I at least want that. I'm talking about some serious cash. Man. Can I still listen to podcasts? No. Okay. Can I listen to the Wolf and Luke show? No. Oh. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> it's you and your point? thoughts. No, it's it can be dark and I can still listen to the show. All right. I kind of want to know how Cardinals fans feel after this uh, Jonathan Gannon press conference. I'm reading some of the uh, responses on Twitter and people seem to be cautiously on board, which I think is probably the healthiest place to be with it, right? You don't want to go into this and be like, nope, he's going to fail because the last guy did. Well, I mean, the last guy wasn't Jonathan Gannon. I don't want to go in and be like, yep, he's definitely going to do great because he aced his interview. Like, all right, right. he's got to win actual football games. Uh, He talked about Kyler Murray, though, today in his press conference and how, again, here's that adaptability he talked about a lot how they're going to be adaptable to maximize what kyler murray is good at but just as an overall general philosophy of being adaptable uh, we're going to maximize kyler's skill set we're going to be adaptable we're going to generate explosives we're going to protect the football and be situationally smart and we know that when you hear me talk about explosives and takeaways we know those are winning stats and that's all three phases offense defense special teams that's what we will preach and that's what we're going to practice and that's what the players will be educated on and that's how we're going to play and um so if you do those things you'll be in the playoffs explosives explosives what what does he mean by explosives 
I'm thinking 20 yards or more. Is that what you're thinking? Explosive plays? It's got to be what he's talking about. Explosives. What was lacking from Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals last year? Explosives. Explosives. (laughs) Yes. I think more than anything else, um, Jonathan Gannon knows that this team has got to be explosive. How you do that... It really doesn't matter whether it's running the ball or throwing the ball, whether it's on an RPO, whether it's it's the zone read. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Kyler Murray running the ball. It doesn't matter if it's James Conner running the ball. It doesn't matter if Kyler's throwing the ball down the field to Hollywood Brown. You've got to generate explosives because big plays, what he just said, big plays, and takeovers, or turnovers, excuse me. Those two things, takeaways. <laughs> I just combine. <laughs> oh my Turnaways? Goodness. See, this is what two hours of sleep does for you. <laughs> this is what it does. Listen to it, Basin This is what it sounds Makes like. Makes you more entertaining. This is what it does. By the way, where is that darkness box? <laughs> I, I thought we agreed to do at oh least a segment goodness. of the show just in the dark in yes, honor of Eric. Right. When we know We're for sure he's on the darkness retreat. Now, look, I mean, the newsroom out there, they have the brightest lights in the face of Earth, so we can only do so much. <laughs> but uh, but we can at least turn all the lights off in here and see what sort of reactions we get. Explosives and takeaways. <laughs> Takeaways, we all know that's critical for a defense yeah. or a special teams unit. Uh, when we had Jonathan Gannon on this show after the press conference, we asked him specifically about that Week 5 matchup against Kyler Murray. Remember, that was a close game. Eagles won that game 20-17. to In fact, he was kind enough to remind us all how it ended. Yeah, you know, what's funny is, is I was talking with people, um, you know, I think they missed a field goal for us to win it at the end, but he was one of the hardest, if not the hardest, hardest offenses to prepare for really person people to prepare for was Kyler and just what I just said it's because of his skill set so he doesn't allow you to do certain things that you want to do on defense because the different ways that he can beat you so um, obviously when he's on your team that's gonna that's gonna make it easier on you so uh, yeah just really looking forward to getting to know him as a person and then getting down to it and and, uh, coaching up some ball and talking some football with him and uh, helping him out. Yeah, that was uh, Matt Amendola missing the 43-yard field goal yeah. right to end that game. The yeah. Cardinals lost 2017. Cannot wait right there. You're going to build an offense around Kyler Murray, rightfully so. That's exactly what you've got to do. For me, you've got to you've got to put him under center. For me, you got to put him in the gun. you got to put him in the pistol. you got to put him in all three positions right there. But more than anything else, you got to rebuild this offensive line. You have to, you have to do it. It's got to start on the line of scrimmage offensively and defensively right now for the Cardinals. If you're talking about a rebuild, if you're talking about this team and where this team really needs to get better, I will start with the offensive line right there because if, in fact, you can rebuild that, now you've got the opportunity to line up and run the ball and put Kyler in an offense where he can be maximized in terms of his danger and the skill set that he has. That's what you're looking for, but it starts on the line of scrimmage. Well, and I, I would say this too. Um, you know, last off season when we had conversations about how different the offense may or may not look, I didn't have as much optimism that it was going to look that different because nothing was really changing. I mean, it's the same coaching staff. It was the same everything. It was okay. We're going to do this until it doesn't work, and then ultimately it didn't work. 
It's a little bit different this offseason. You got a new GM, you got a new philosophy, you got a new assistant GM, you got a new head coach. You're going to have a bunch of new players on this team. So if you were holding out hope for the Cardinals to look different in how they approach the game offensively this year, um, I think it's a lot more likely it's actually going to change. I mean, just listening to him today, it sounds like it's going to change. Yes. The 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend until April 3rd, and we're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. So visit the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets when we come back how different are the suns going to look after the all-star break they got one more game tonight and they got the break and then maybe it's kd time it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader Interesting uh, tweet out there by Baxter Holmes, who he was originally the one that had all the the story about Robert Sarver. Just tweeted this out that um, former Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver is giving $20,000 bonuses to hundreds of Suns employees and is donating $5 million to the team's charity. Sources tell ESPN employees learned of the news this morning. Wow. uh, Well done, Robert Sarver. That's a much better way to go out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Suns play tonight. They will play the L.A. Clippers. This, uh, all of these games now. I mean, this is this is crunch time. And if you don't think it's crunch time quite yet, then this is the last game where you can write it off. Because when they come back, the All Star break is done. There are 22 games left. Kevin Durant should be hopefully back for that one. If he isn't, you would assume it's going to be close. The Suns come into this game tonight, Wolf, in a playoff spot where they would have home court advantage. They're the four seed right now in the Western Conference. Just one back of Sacramento, just a half game ahead of the team they play tonight in the L.A. Clippers. And the Suns are also 11-3 and in their last 14 games. So this is a big one in terms of playoff positioning. But also, I'm hoping they look different when they come back. Yeah. Open Kevin Durant's yeah. in the lineup when they come back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome if that were the case. Right now, uh, can I just tell you based on I love the way the Suns are going into the All-Star break right now, and I'd love to see them seal that deal tonight. Especially against the Clippers. We all know we'd want to see a bitches hammer the Clippers. I, I would love to see that. Uh, Twelve and four, isn't that what you just said right there? Eleven and they're eleven and 11 three. And three in their is last what you before, said? Yeah. yeah. You know what? So let's go twelve in three. How about that? How about this too? Looking at the standings, and I know this means nothing in basketball, but they are the only team in the NBA with uh, an undefeated record in the division at nine and zero. I mean, it means so much in football. It means nothing in basketball. But yes. there it is. Looking at me, but twenty and nine at home. And uh, on that run over the last 14 games, which, you know, I don't have to explain this to Suns fans, but that goes back to January 19th at home against Brooklyn, right? And you win that game, Matt Ishbia is uh, in attendance, and Cam Johnson comes back, and then that sets off a run where you're getting Chris Paul, and you're getting DeAndre Ayton in and out of the lineup, Devin Booker back in the lineup, and Cam Johnson gets traded, Mikel Bridges gets traded, and you're, you're mixing in all these pieces. It is... It's remarkable how consistently they have won games over the last basically month now with so many pieces in and out of the lineup. That game against Brooklyn was, what, four weeks ago today? Yeah. Think how much has changed since yeah. it started. They went in it's that incredible. game. They were 21-24, and 24, and they were on just a horrendous stretch where they had lost 17 of their last 22 games. Yeah. You know, I just... I, 
to me, I, I want to see this momentum continue. And the All-Star break is coming. And I think it's coming at a great time, obviously, for the Suns because of KD, because of the injury, and because hopefully we're going to see Kevin Durant after the All-Star break. And to be 12-3, and three, if they can win tonight, and suddenly be 12-3 and three in their last 15 games, the momentum they really have going right now. I, I think most of us, before the Kevin Durant trade came down, I think most of us thought, hey, listen, if they could get if they could get the number four seed, that would be absolutely awesome. But I think that's probably a little too aggressive. You know, if number five, number six, that's what we were thinking. You yeah. know, just avoid the play-in. Just avoid that. We'd be happy. And now, it's it's all on the table once again, depending on how well this team really blends and gets up to speed in regard to Kevin Durant being inserted into it. That, that stretch that we're talking about, those 14 games, they've had six different leading scorers in that stretch. That's how different the team has looked from night to night. And... and the sixth one was Devin Booker on Tuesday. That was the first time he led the team in scoring that stretch because obviously he didn't play for most of it. Now you're going to add Kevin Durant into the mix. Uh, Terrence Ross may actually be good to go tonight. Here's uh, here's James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. And that's the plan. So so we'll see. He was in the, in the building today. Um, we still have to get him up to speed. Another thing about us is uh, when we put a guy out there, we want to make sure he understands where he should be and what he should do. Um, he's healthy, so uh, it just it will just be a matter of game plan whether or not he's available tomorrow. But I definitely know he'll be ready post All Star. He also talked about why they got Terrence Ross out of the buyout market. On the profile, the type of player you know that that we need, you know, athletic scorer. I uh, can play with the starters, come off the bench. Um, you know, I, I love offense. I'll, I'll never turn down a guy who is inclined or has a, a preference for playing offense. And I just think where he is in his career, you know, he's a guy that's played on, on really good teams. He's played in some rebuilding situations. He's basically accepted whatever role the team needed from, from him. Um, and, and, and he's demonstrated his desire to, to win. He wants to compete for a title. And, and we thought it would be a good fit for him. And he thought the same. Yeah, you know, that's great. Um, as James Jones is talking, the only thing I can see or think of is DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> it's, it's amazing uh, right now. I, what do I want to see tonight? I want to see DeAndre Aiden go out and play with the same kind of compassion and passion and energy and love for the game that he showed in the last game. He was out of the floor. I want to see that. I, I want to see him go out and embrace the essence of the game once again and and do it with with a a rage tapping into the rage tree, of course, which is okay when you compete. Basically, it's it's not like walking around out on the sidewalk. Of course, it's not like that. I'm talking about actually in between the lines competing. I want to see him embrace that and and have a love and affinity for that. He's got to continue to develop this, and I'm hoping. And I've been saying it for four years, but I'm hoping this is the thing that is going to get his attention. I want to see it again tonight. Don't I you, want to see it tonight, and I want to see it when he comes back from the All-Star break. Don't you feel the best about that wish for DeAndre Ayton, though, right now, than you have in the last four years? Without other than, a doubt. Other than the playoff run Without two a years doubt. ago? 
Um, do they sell rage yeah, treats but, at like yeah, a nursery? Once again, you know what? No, they don't. Huh. But he, 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 you've done this a couple times now for me. This is just me. And you're, you're talking about, well, you know, if you go back to the, you know, the playoffs two years ago, okay, and, and how he played in that. Um, I, granted, yeah, he, his production was good. His production was good in that. How he did it wasn't nearly the way we're seeing him do things now. And that's that's what I'm encouraged. That's why I'm so jacked up. Especially thinking about the last game right there. With his knees bent and his butt out. And his hands ready to go. Like, you know what? I'm engaged. I'm actually playing in a basketball game. These are really hyper-talented human beings. And I've got to be desperate to go out and do my job. And if I'm not desperate, I'm not going to be able to do my job that he that's what i want to see from deandre aiden not just the numbers it's the how i've said it over and over and over again and it was the how he got his 29 points in the last game that he played it was the how he went about his business that was so impressive that made chris paul walk up to him and get in his face and say something intense to his face and then kd laughing behind him good cop bad cop i i this is what i want to see man and i think this is the best chance deandre ayton has to get it the question is, will he? Well, if he can come out of this consistently performing like this, uh, you know, he's <laughs> on the one hand, it, it's it's the sort of situation that lends itself to changing you for the better. But on the other hand, as as relatively consistent as he has been over the last five or six games, like T.J. Warren played seven minutes the other night. Darius Baisley didn't play at all. Terrence Ross is joining the team. Kevin Durant is joining the team. The environment around him is changing a ton. That's what, to me, has been so crazy about this over the last few games. One of the few consistents has been DeAndre Ayton just because guys around him are, are joining or leaving the team. You know what I mean? And uh, and he has played some of his very best basketball of his career. And yeah, if we're sitting here in two weeks, hey, Kevin Durant's played four games and he looks just like Kevin Durant and teams can't stop him and Devin Booker. But D.A. is consistently doing this. I think it'll hold even more meaning than when it's been talked about in the past because his environment is changing around him every single game right now. Yeah, and maybe that's what's got his attention right there. Maybe that's what it is. His environment is changing. The variables inside that paradigm are changing around him. And maybe that's what has his attention. When the variables are the same, maybe that's what bores him. (laughs) And all of a sudden he can't bring his talent to bear. Maybe it is the change that has got his attention. Who knows? Coming up next, we'll give our biggest takeaways from Jonathan Gannon's press conference earlier today. We'll do it backwards. Wolf, I know you have some stuff you wanted to hear from him. We haven't even gotten into what that was yet because we heard the press conference first. So we'll go back and compare and contrast if he answered some of your questions. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.